0: Also an NBA insider for NBC Sports in Boston. He is on Twitter, at Chris Mannix, YS, a must follow. And Chris Mannix joins the Rip City Drive right now. Chris, good evening. Appreciate the time. Long time, no chat. But it's great to have you this City of Roses on a night when we're going to have some pretty good basketball.
1: Yeah, happy to be here. Looking forward to uh, hopefully it's a good game tonight.
0: Well, I want to ask you this. Um, you know, the Blazers obviously uh, on fire right now. Eight-game winning streak and the run Damian Lillard has been on. Over the last month, has been pretty ridiculous. But what's jumped out at you when you see the Blazers and Dame and the the way they've been playing of late?
1: Well, a few things. Um, you know, Lillard's second half scoring has been incredible all season long. But it feels like he's really ratcheted that up uh, over the last couple of weeks. Uh, you know, when needed in those you know crunch time situations. So he's been great in in that regard. But really, defensively is why is probably the biggest reason this team has made their jump. I mean, the last four is the 10-11 games. You know, they've been one of the best defensive teams in basketball, and I think we always kind of knew that, that this team, this backcourt, can score. I mean, we can discuss Nurkic and Zach Collins and all that, but you, know, you win with defense, and, and they've really been stepping up their defense over the last couple of weeks. So if that continues, you know, I, I think that you know, Portland's probably the biggest threat out there to, to, to win a first-round series and, and, and give uh, either Golden State or Houston a run for their money.
0: Um, I'll get to the defense in just a moment because I think you make a, a terrific point with the way they've been d up. But with Dame, I mean, it's pretty clear that James Harden has got the MVP locked up. But yeah. but in terms of uh, runner-up, who do you think that will be? And, and where do you think Dame is on that list uh, after James Harden, if at all?
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm a voter. And, and look, I agree that, that Harden's got this thing locked up. I mean, it would take something catastrophic. And I don't think there is anything that could happen in the last 15, 20 games of the season for, for James Harden to lose it. But that number, that number two spot's going to be real interesting. I mean, LeBron is having a fantastic year. If the, if the Cavs and some find a way to, to climb the standings, I think there'll be a groundswell of support to make him number two. Uh, you know, Toronto with DeMar DeRozan, we saw what he did the other night. Um, his numbers aren't as high as what they've been in years past, but he's shooting the three better, and that team is winning uh, more than they have in years past. That's going to be a big factor, I think, in the minds uh, of a lot of voters. You got the guys out in Golden State, so it, it's going to be a fight. I think that, you know, Harden's kind of on a tier by himself. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets 90, 95% of the first place votes. Uh, in this voting, but that second tier of guys, it, it's going to be real jumbled. And I think there there could be a whole bunch of guys with those second place votes, including Damian Lillard.
0: We're talking with Chris Mannix from Yahoo Sports. Now, with the Blazers' defense, you brought up the point about how they've been defending of late. And I, the biggest jump they made from last year to this year overall has been the defense and the way they've been able to hold teams down, which is nice. Now, Yusuf Nurkic, he, he's been critical for their defense because of the rim protection, but he's a restricted free agent. Um, he's young at 23 years old, he's had an uneven season. Uh, ups and downs. Sometimes he's on, sometimes he's off. I mean, how, how do the Blazers proceed with a restricted free agent like Yusuf Nurkic when they don't have a lot of money to work with of their own?
1: Well, I think for a lot of free agents that are, are restricted, and, and includes Nurkic, there're going to be a lot of teams that let the market kind of dictate what their salaries are going to be. I mean, you know, teams out there, th- there's not a lot of teams with money to spend, and the teams that do have money to spend, you know, they're the the, the bottom-feeding teams, the Atlanta, the Chicagos. They're not necessarily looking to to burn through their cash right now, Sacramento, I guess, could kind of find their way into that mix uh, next summer. So I I I don't know if there's a lot of teams out there that would be willing to pay big money for Yusuf Nurkic right now. Not to say he's not worth a significant contract, but you know, a smart move for the Blazers is probably going to be you know coming to a number that they can live with. And if Nurkic can't live with it, tell them, look, if you can find a a better offer, you know, maybe we'll we'll match it or we'll. We'll uh, find a way to, to get your money. But this is as high as we've gonna go, we're going to go. We, we saw a bunch of teams you know, kind of do that this past offseason when it came to extensions. I mean, Boston did it with, with Marcus Smart, and you know they had a number, and they don't believe that, that there are teams out there willing to pay Smart the money he's going to want. So I think that it, there's a calculated risk that Portland should take with a guy like Nurkic and kind of dare him to go get that you know, max-level deal he's probably looking for.
0: You know, Chris, one of the big stories here in Portland has been the play of Ed Davis, who has been so uh, – consistent off the bench and providing great minutes and great production for Terry Stotts, but he's also an unrestricted free agent. I mean, is that a guy, what do you do with a guy like Ed Davis?
1: No, I'd, I'd be careful just because, you know, Portland, we know their cap situation. Yes, and, it's a and mess. And the spending, you know, the spending has kind of got them in some trouble here. And, you know, look, it's it's a great sign that Zach Collins is doing what he's doing uh, yes. at this point. You know, Zach Collins can be, you know, effectively maybe a replacement for Ed Davis or at least some of that, that, that production in, in the coming years. And then you've got to rely on the draft once again to find the next guy. I mean, that's yeah you know, look I always say that that you know building a winning team isn't rocket science, it's being able to draft well. The, mm. All the successful teams out there from Golden State on down. They're successful in large part because of draft picks that weren't, you know, blue-chip prospects. San Antonio has got a two-decade run going on because they've been able to draft the Parkers and Ginobili's and even the Kawhi Leonard's middle of the first round. So, you know, I think Portland might have found something with Zach Collins, but to keep this thing going and to keep some momentum moving forward, they've got to keep hitting with these first- and second-round picks in the future.
0: Now, with the money situation, you know, their big contracts, including Evan Turner, won't come off the books until 2020. Do you remain patient and and wait a couple of years, or do you try and get aggressive? Because you know, like Neil O'Shea said earlier this week, you know we owe it to Damon CJ to go out and try to improve. But you know it's so hard to do that. And like you said, if you if you if you spend wrong or you don't put your money in the right spot, you can wind up with another bad contract.
1: Yeah, I think there's a cautious aggressiveness you have to take to it all. I mean, you're right about the the, the you know that the summer 2016. I mean, I was in Boston when. Evan Turner left, and and they loved him in Boston. But when he got that contract offer, it was you know, <laughs> have a nice life, like you know, so you, you know, good luck to you. I mean, it's it's just there was some 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 big spending done, and Portland did a lot of it. So I think you want to be real careful with that. And you know, look, the the, the guys they have there, and CJ and Damien, they're young enough that you can be you can continue to be a little patient with them. But the key is going to be, as I said, you know, getting those Zach Collinses, getting guys that can play alongside them. You know, hitting on a second round pick here or there with a guy that can play alongside him. I think this year and how it ends is probably going to go a long way to determine what the, the future of this team is. Now, if they get the third seed, win a first-round series, give Houston hell in the second round, hey, th- th- that could be a, a great sign for building around this team in the future. If they wind up slipping a little bit and getting beat in the first round once again, oh, maybe you got to try something different. So I, I think the, the, the end result of this season is going to be critical for what this team does.
0: Now, Chris, with the Warriors who are in town tonight, are they just coasting right now or – are we starting to see the impact of a team that's been to three straight finals and won a couple of championships?
1: I, I, don't, th- I don't think those two things are mutually exclusive. I, I think they, they they have been coasting, and, and we are seeing the impact of, of, of guys playing deep into the playoffs and guys even, in the case of Clay and, and Kevin Durant, playing USA basketball, too. You add that to the mix, and it creates a lot of competitive games uh, over the course of, of a calendar year. And, that's a great point. You know, I, I, I do think that, that – this is a team now that is in the process of flipping a switch. Now, they may lose tonight, given how many guys that they're sitting out, but I think they're going to have a strong finish to the season. And I'm not sure there's, there's a team out there that can beat them four out of seven. The, the one team still remains Houston, and you know I, I still, I still want to see what that Rockets defense does in the playoffs. They're right around the top ten right now, and that's great, and that's remarkable, and it, it signifies a change in the culture in Houston. But show me in the playoffs first that, that this team's going to be able to get stops in a seven-game series. I think they're clearly the second-best team in the conference, but, uh, you know, again, beating Golden State four out of seven, that's extremely tough.
0: No doubt. Are, are you surprised at how well Chris Paul has adjusted to being a number two next to Harden and, and how that's translated into success on the floor for them?
1: Nah, not, not at all, for two reasons. One, Mike D'Antoni's there, and Mike D'Antoni's an offensive genius. He. he <laughs> We knew he was gonna find ways to, to get everybody the to touches they want. And the other part of it is and, and I wrote something about this and, and talked about it on T V last week that, you know, people in Houston describe to me the hunger of that team and and just what they've gone through in their careers. I mean, Harden we know has been to a final, but he was a kid back then and he wasn't as, as significant a player as he is now. And he's been bounced early uh, the last few years. Chris Paul, we know his His stats, never been to a conference finals. So these guys, you know, they're motivated to to find a way to make it work. So from the top down, you know, that Houston team has been hungry all season long. And and I think that if there is a difference between the, the Houston and Golden States, it's, it's just that their hunger is there, and, and maybe Golden State doesn't have that same passion to win as Houston does right now.
0: We're talking with Chris Mannix, Yahoo Sports here on the Rip City Drive. I have two more questions for you. Uh, first off, with Brad Stevens, uh, he's one of my favorite coaches in the league. How has he been able to keep it together so well after that early injury to Gordon Hayward that looked so devastating?
1: Uh, he, he's a brilliant tactician, and, and that's kind of what separates him. And frankly, I think that's what separates uh, NBA coaches, that, that sort of, you know, the, the cream from the crop, if you will. Uh, out of timeout plays, um, you know, match, uh, you know, matchups, things like that. He's just excellent at it, and and his team, you know, it completely trusts him. I mean, he's had some pretty big egos in there the last couple of years, from Isaiah Thomas uh, to Kyrie Irving, and he's managed those egos and he's built a trusting relationship with those guys because they believe in in everything he says. I mean, I've I've worked the sidelines for that team, and I've I've kind of poked my head into those huddles with time from time to time, and. And there is just a complete locked-in, you know, sort of mindset uh, from the players when Brad Stevens is speaking. They really believe in him. So uh, I think that plays a big role. And he's, you know, you've got to give credit to Danny Ainge. I mean, you've got Jason Tatum, who's not going to win rookie of the year, but he's probably going to finish third. And Jalen Brown, who is a terrific talent as well. So they've drafted well at those uh, high spots and found guys that work.
0: All right, final question. Are, are you in favor of changing the uh, playoff format as Adam Silver has suggested? And if so, how would you like to see it done?
1: No, under no circumstances. I do not want to make you know the Boston Portland trip you know in the first round <laughs> of a series. That doesn't doesn't do it for me. More than that, if you're going to change the playoffs, one thing people often overlook is that you have to change the regular season too. You can't just seed one to sixteen when everybody's playing a different schedule. You've got to you know make the schedule more balanced so more teams are traveling out to the west, and it just completely throws the the NBA into into flux. Now. Silver, I think, has done a great job of, of, of trying to get players as much rest as possible. His lone goal has been to make these games, every one of these games, the best possible games they can be. You can't tell me that if you change the regular season schedule and you add more travel to the mix and you maybe have to increase the four and five, you're going to make the game better so it's a talking point but it's not one I think the NBA is really taking seriously right now
0: hey, out of curiosity uh with your time here in Portland are, are you is there anything you're trying to discover or figure out in regards to the Blazers
1: no I mean look just the, the last couple of years we've seen this team make a run now last year you attributed to Nurkic this year uh, Nurkic playing better is that Collins playing better you know I just I guess the question I'm, I'm sort of asking is some of the stuff that you've been asking me I mean is this Blazers team you know, for real, are they a team that, that can continue to be built around with this, you know, the core backcourt they have there, or do they have to go in a different direction? So it's like, like I said, I think this is an incredibly important season for the future of the Portland Trailblazers.
0: All right, follow him on Twitter at Chris Mannix, YS. He is with uh, NBC Sports uh, in Boston and, of course, Yahoo Sports. Chris, you're one of the best. Thanks for the time. Enjoy Rip City tonight.
1: I will, anytime.
0: With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.